October 9th, 2017. Any other day, Brian would wake up early, go to work. He was a roofer, so work started between 7 and 8. So he was up when the sun was getting up. I worked nights, so I would sleep in. He really never, like, woke me to leave in the morning. He would text me just to, like, let me sleep in. But that morning, he actually gave me a kiss and said, I love you. Have a great day. So things went normal. The police actually came to my house to give to look for Brian for a warrant for a seatbelt, for an unpaid seatbelt ticket. I even got him on the phone. He was talking to the cops. They were like, yeah, we'll wait till Friday to, um, for you to get paid and we will fix the fine and you won't have a warrant. And we joked about it because we were actually doing like all the right things. And this was like something dumb coming back. So I go to work. I worked nights. So I would go to work between like three and four set up the bar and whatever. And my phone, I had an Android phone at the time, and my phone was, like, dead. And the trick to charging an Android fast is to turn it off. So I had it off charging to try to, like, double up the charging. And when I turned it on, my phone was, like, blowing up. It was Brian's phone. And it was his boss, who I'd never, ever spoke to before, and said Brian fell off the roof. And I'm like, what? And you don't think the worst like I'm like what is he okay and I could hear him in the background and they're like I think he broke his arm and I'm like what and I couldn't leave work I we were so understaffed I they made it sound like it wasn't a big deal so I called his mom immediately and got her to meet them at the hospital in Beaufort which was about 45 minute drive from where we lived on Hilton Head Island So the mom gets there and I'm at work and I'm stressing and I don't get to go to the hospital. Well, they end up putting him in induced coma because he ruptured his spleen and broke his arm and they needed to do like an emergency surgery on his spleen. Well, during surgery that night, because his mom talked to him at the hospital and then they put him in that, that coma and then... I even talked to him on the phone. I said, your mom's there. You'll, everything's going to be okay. It was the last time I spoke to him. So that night, the next morning, I get a call from his mom saying that they had called with some kind of code. They called her and said that his heart stopped for an hour and 15 minutes while they were doing emergency surgery. And it was just... When you hear information like that, it's you don't hear it all. It's like bits and pieces. So we, I feel like we missed a lot of this information. Well, I rush to the hospital. First thing, we, we're there. We sit down with the doctor, and he slouches in his freaking chair. This was, like, so weird to me. And he goes, his heart stopped for an hour and 15 minutes. We're worried about brain damage or brain function and all that and we're me and his mom are like freaking out we want to see him so we finally go into the ICU and his chest is like open he's got all these tubes he's got tubes in his mouth a huge like weird cast on his shoulder and his arm 
He's on life support. And um, I held his hand for three days while he took his, when he took his last breath. That was literally the freaking hardest thing I've ever gone through. My fiance went to work and never came home. I went home to our home, to our empty home, to our two dogs, his dirty clothes on the floor. He had these weird spit bottles. He had them everywhere. Like his life, his unfinished short life just left. God, this was like a bad dream. But it wasn't, it was my reality. The community, my family really stepped up. I literally begged people on Facebook to tell me miracle stories as he was on life support for three days. And I begged people to tell me that they were okay after their husband or loved one died. Like, I depended on other people's experience, strength, and hope. And it got me through, you never get through it, but it got, it pulled me through those really, really hard, dark times of continuing my sobriety, especially in honor of him. We got sober together. Now, my mom, before I was born, her fiance and her brother passed away in a car accident. And she went to two funerals in a week. They were best friends and were in the car together. And um, it's like, if she didn't go through that, I wouldn't be here. She would have married that guy and had different kids, probably. But she also went through this almost to help me. She held my hand. She she was my, my hope, my saving grace. So a journey through grief, trying to figure out what life was. I thought I had it figured out. We were planning a family, a marriage. In the blink of an eye, y'all, in a blink of an eye, you never think this could happen to you. It happened to me. And I'm proof that you can get through it. Well, not get through it, but survive it and live again. Two weeks after Brian passed, I got a knock at my door saying my apartment we were renting was closed, was sold in foreclosure. And these were the new owners and they wanted to come in and like to add to what was going on. I wasn't working. There was no way I could go bartend after my fiance died. Um, and now I'm getting kicked out of my apartment. So my next step was actually my neighbor was my sister and she was getting ready to sell hers. So it sat empty for a little bit. So my other sister and I moved in for a month or two and I started to like get this kind of new start in a way. Life was different. I'm different. I feel things different. My life completely changed. October 12, 2017. 
a huge part of me left. And I feel things differently. I don't even know how to explain it unless you've gone through this. It's just a whole different way of feeling now. You look at the world differently. But anyways, we moved into my sister's apartment and that was, I mean, that was fun. I had my sister as a roommate. I wasn't alone. And then the time came where she had to sell that. So I took over my boss at the time's apartment in the next town over and I was able to take my dogs and I had a pool view. And it was the first time I ever lived actually on my own. And I started to just get into the groove of things and I worked nonstop and starting to find myself. And then I bumped into, well, kind of went on a first date with my now husband, Bubba. Brian was a great man here on earth. He fought his demons, but he found the sun at the end. He got to live his last days, were completely happy. And I like to think of it like that. And when he passed, I was told by many people that God always calls his strongest soldiers home and he needs it. He needs them. He's building an army. So I like to believe that too. But when he passed, I became very spiritual. I was spiritual to begin with. It was, it's part of my recovery as well. But like, I believe in signs even more that everything does happen for a reason to get through that. I had to find like some kind of glimmer of hope. There is a silver lining, no matter how freaking bad the situation is, there's some kind of weird, tiny silver lining if you look really, really hard. And then when Brian passed, my grandmother, who was married for my grandpa's whole life practically, they were married till he passed away, true love. And she told me, to look for books falling off the shelf or songs coming on the radio, signs. And it's really what gets me through it. And since Brian left us, I've lost so many more people in this world. And the signs are what's getting me through this. The signs are letting me know that I am doing the right thing. And maybe you should take this podcast as a sign if you found it. But this was a huge turning point in my life and I think about it every day and I'm grateful he was such a he is such a huge part of my life this one's for you Brian and just to add to this a big reason I am doing this podcast is because of Brian he Put me through the ringer, <laughs> through a lot of his addiction, but he did find sobriety at the end. And I do, I will get into more episodes of stories because he was a funny, funny guy. So I will have some really funny stories to add to this, but I just want to keep his memory alive. I want my kids to know about Angel Brian. I want everyone 
to remember Brian. Because when you leave this earth, your memory's still here and your legacy will live on. And that's what we're doing here.